In this episode of the Encouragers by a Podcast, I'm joined by my mentor and friend, Dr. Lisa Thompson. She's an educator and brand strategist and entrepreneur. Uh, we start off the episode by talking about the fact that most independent creatives who enter the music industry and ecosystem only want to achieve success that includes winning a Grammy and going on a world tour. Uh, Salisha shares how difficult it is to even secure world tours because most of the top promoters only want to deal with the top acts, and depending on your genre, it's truly an uphill climb. Salisha and I talk about the fact that Cardi B is a great case study for a billion audiences really about when it comes to success. Salisha also shares uh, the next challenge, what the next challenge will be for Cardi because of the type of success that she's had. Salisha talks about artists not being afraid to put their music out and take risks. Uh, Salisha and I talk about the fact of, of her, Salisha and I talk about her sister, Selena Johnson, on some episode in her early career being signed to a label that really didn't know what they were doing because of the lack of ideas and innovation to help Selena build an even bigger brand and career. Salisha talks about how Selena was able to go through the ups and downs of being on a major label and then showed her ability to dabble in different industries that she has allowed her which has allowed her to sustain and build a solid brand outside of music as a talk show host, actress, and health and wellness and in health and wellness as a fitness competitor. Salisha so also shares the fact that she's been able to wear so many hats and she's going along her career from working in the corporate space as well as being educated in college academia space as well as the education she provides to many people as an entrepreneur. She educates on several different topics such as management, leadership, and global business, and entrepreneurship, and the fact that many people of color uh, teach, do not teach uh, from the black perspective and, and point of view. Salisha also shares the importance for artists, especially in the R&B, having more than one income stream because the money at times can be up and down. She said artists pretty much need eight to ten ways to make money for the, the sake of survival in the industry. Salisha and I end the episode by talking about her work as a brand strategist for her clients. She shares that she has a formula, a belief system, and a strategy where she works with her clients as she, as she applies them specifically depending on the person. She's big on her clients sharing their story as a key in building a strong personal brand. She also talks about her most recent book, The Resilience Factor, as well as the awesome projects that she's working on as she started her own production company, Dr. Salisha Dr. Productions. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 14 of the Encouragers by our podcast. And I'm excited about this. I'm excited about every episode I do, but I'm especially excited about this one. I got my mentor and friend, uh, Dr. Sleecha Thompson. Uh, this is going to be fun because she is, we both believe in a lot of the same things. We do similar work. And uh, this is going to be a fun, fun episode. Sleecha, how you doing? What up? <laughs> You know, I finally made it. I you finally made it. made it onto the podcast. We, you know, we we you know this is episode fourteen. So by the time this airs, we'll be uh, thirteen episodes in. So you you made it in the mm-hmm. in, in the early stages of the podcast. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome! Congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations on everything that you're doing as well. You're doing your uh, thing. Thank you so much. You have definitely been a champion for me for a while now, and always. Um, just believing in what I do and I don't ever take any of that, any of that lightly because I really feel like I'm a trailblazer in the space that I'm in, especially in entertainment, being somebody that was born with a disability. And, and I have the respect of my colleagues, right? It's, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. I want, I want to be respected, you know, and that's a, that's a big thing for me. So, cause respect is something you have to earn. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I believe in. So, um, you and I actually said I I was just recently telling you about the first time I ever heard or saw you was in 2011 in New York at the Shrine. What is it? The Shrine World something. The shrine in in in, in Harlem. <laughs> yep, the Shrine yeah. is 
Yeah, I'm originally. I mean, I was born in Brooklyn, so I'm a native New Yorker, but I don't know New York like that. I left New York when I was seven, but my whole family's all still in New York. Like my dad would never leave Brooklyn. He did not. He would not know what to do with himself down in the South. He'd be bored out of his mind. You know, he's one. Really? He's one of them true Jamaicans. You know. Right. <laughs> he would love the South. Nah, not my daddy. <laughs> he'd be bored out of his mind. He wouldn't know. Did he? So that's all he ever. That's all he's known. He came from the island in in eighty and came to New York in eighty and been in been there ever since. So this mm. is all he. This is all he knows. All he even oh, wants yeah. to know. Mm. <laughs> but you know, for me, I mean, you know, my mom made a conscious decision. You know, when she decided to to move to Florida, move to Orlando. You know, um, she wanted to get me out the snow. You know, I have a twin sister, and she decided, you know, we moved to Florida. My dad could have stopped it, but he said, why would I stop my son with a disability who is going to leave New York and the, and the seasons and the, and the bad weather to go to Florida? It just made sense, you know? So he, was, he, was, he saw that that would probably be the best decision for me at the time. So he didn't, so he allowed us to move without a problem. So I'm which I'm thankful for, you know? Yeah, and the, the weather is probably better for you. Right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I, I love Orlando. And you know, for me, you know, that's another thing about what I do. Like, I'm doing, I'm doing from a a a, 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 st- a city that's not considered an industry hub, right? Like, even though there's so much talent in Orlando and Central Florida in general, like, well, we're not really considered like that spot you come to for uh, entertainment, right? But right. it just made sense because. I love Atlanta and I love the culture, but it's just too spread out. You know, cause I don't drive. So it's Atlanta is, is awesome. And I love going there, but it's just way too spread out for me to try to get around there on my own. Consistently, yeah. it's just too much going on. So Orlando, you saying is better for mm-hmm. you? Because it's all I know. You know what I mean? It's, it's really all I know. You know, I don't really know any other place other than here, you know? So we just kind of make it do, but I've just been, Going to the many times that I've been to Atlanta, I go to Atlanta quite a bit. And nobody lives in the city. You know, people live outside. You know, people live in Norcross and and Duluth right. and Stone Mountain and all these other places that are not into the city. So, you know, and it's right. far out. It's it's pretty far out, you know. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, I think you can make you know, you can make it, I want to say you you can make it anywhere. Um, yeah. And just because the industry isn't there, yeah. you know, what this pandemic has taught us is that we need to learn how to navigate this virtual space. Right. We need to learn how to network and build relationships in this virtual space. Absolutely. Oh, you're, so you're just exactly. because you're in Florida... You know, doesn't mean that you can't connect with people over in LA or Atlanta or exactly Chicago. Exactly. And that's you know, that's that's I'm a master of building relationships. I mean, that's why I decided to really pursue this industry because at the end of the day, it's people and it's relationships. At the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. So and I've learned how to do that. So and and music is something we can't live without. We really can't. And entertainment in general, we just can't live without it. You know, Quincy Quincy Jones said it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a soundtrack to our lives. Whether yeah. we think about it or not, music means that much to everyday life. You know, now um, as far as how to help creatives monetize in the space is a whole nother it's a whole nother uh, can of can of worms because a lot of them okay, especially with especially with the. Uh, with the advent of the internet, how easy it is for the how easy it is for people to want to quote unquote do music for a living or professionally, they don't they don't really realize what it takes to really do this and do it right, you know. And, and the fact that it's going to require a budget and it's going to require a lot of investment, and you're not going to see the return right away. That's just this is art. Anybody that's guaranteeing you anything and they they, they lying to you. They lie. Nope. Nobody can guarantee you anything. <laughs> it's not gonna happen, right? <laughs> so I think that I think so many creatives and you know recently I was somebody challenged me. This girl had challenged me one time. She said, "Well, do you consider yourself a professional? Because you ain't never worked for a label." I said, "Hell yeah!" Because in today's in today's space, right? 
I am much more viable because of the ecosystem today, because majority of the artists in the in the space you won't ever sign a major deal. Right. right. So 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 me me working for a record label is really not something that is really that important. I, what I understand is how to t- help them how to how to navigate the space we're in now. And and ninety nine percent of that is is people who are independent who are when they're highly never sign a deal and just have to learn how to how to build an audience and how to f- build community and that whole thing. So, so yeah, yeah, and and learn to. I think that's that's important. And then also learn as an independent artist and independent people moving in this industry, music business industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, even when you look at genres, your your <laughs> your bucket can get smaller and smaller. So if you're an R and B artist, that shit is even smaller. You know, <laughs> right. so how do you learn to navigate this kind of space as an independent? Right. Uh, how do you learn to make money from it and right. build income streams, build your brand, grow your brand, start a business mm-hmm. and still be creative? You know, and I think it's it's tough right now. I mean, yeah. I know I know people you could get your music up in, you know, in five seconds and all of that. But it's still there are still independent artists that I know I see I talk to that they still looking for that hit. They want to mm-hmm. be on the charts. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be, you know, Drake. They want to be, yeah. you know, Meg the Stallion, Pop Smoke, her. You know, those are yeah. those right. are very, the odds are, and I hate to say this, but the odds are not in your favor. They're just <laughs> so, not. And the people, and people say, oh, you, man, you're, you're shitting on my dream. Nobody's shitting on nothing. We're telling the truth. You know, we're telling the truth. And and, and so you've been around major artists. You, you've been around the 1%, right? So you know what that's all about. And when, and when you pull back right. the, when you pull back the curtain, right? It ain't as sexy as people think it is. No. And then you think about it, I I I spent years, Selena and I, years right. and years and years around R. Kelly. Oh, go okay. look at yeah. his career from the 90s until his ass went to jail. Right. And you didn't see <laughs> very that, strong you didn't see none of that going on. The stuff he <laughs> 20 plus year career what he got 25 years you know he's 50 something now yeah started in his 20s um got to the peak of r&b the height of it right of course he jammed it up because he's you know he's got mental illness he's got sex addiction and all these (laughs) other things so that's a whole different story right but How many people, how many, so R&B male, you know, he dominated, right? Remember there oh, was yeah. a period that early 2000s, mid 2000, he was dominating 2000 to about 2008, nine, right. 10, right. like dominating 10, 15 years. Right. Who can we say as R&B male? So you got Chris Brown. Okay. We'll go a couple levels under. You had Cisco for five seconds. He went out. You yeah. got Anthony Hamilton. You've got, you know, I, I, you know, Kim Maxwell there, you know, so there's a, a few, but, but look at how many independent R&B male artists. So I'm just, I'm saying, I'm using him as a point where, yeah. as a point, because if you're not willing to move a certain way in this music business, you're not going to get to the level that you want to be at. Right now it may take, so, so you may have to move a different way. It's going right. to take longer. Right. It's going to be kind of harder. Right. But all we're saying is perspective. We're not shitting on dreams. We're just saying perspective. Yeah, exactly. You know, how many Justin Timberlakes, how many Britney Spears, how many Beyonce's, how many Destiny's Ch- like right. wh- when's the last girl group that popped off? You tell me. <laughs> uh, man, it's the last besides the obvious one, besides TLC, Destiny's Child, SWV, Danity Kane. Danity Kane did a little something, but you got right. SWV, Escape, TLC, right. Destiny's Child. You know how long ago them people were? Right. They living off catalog. Right. <laughs> like, and, and, where's the 2020, right. 2019, 2020, 21 group? So right. it's just not happening like that no more. Right. 
That's so true. Now that he came was still ten. What is that? Ten. I mean, that's. I mean, they had. A couple of of they had a couple of iterations, and I think, you know, and, and that was the era where that was the era where the record label was the way to go, right? Yeah. You had no other way to do it but the record company, and, and, and you know, look, and Diddy did his thing, and, and and for me, that whole making the band situation, that was for TV, man. That was for TV. Right. That was for TV. That wasn't Diddy wasn't Diddy wasn't really about let me I'm gonna go make a, a group and he wasn't really about that because he truth is he don't make his money from music man he don't he don't make it he don't make his money anymore. where's the last bad boy artist that was really relevant right no disrespect to Diddy we love Diddy but no you know no disrespect to isn't it now he over on Ciroc he over on Revolt <laughs> he on <Right>. networks <laughs> as right. he should right you know, he's living off a catalog you know exactly and you think about um BT chasing destiny, the the um June's Diary group, yeah. right? And Kelly, they've said it. Kelly Rowland was not as involved as they hoped that she would be after that. Because why? Because here's the, here's the reality: when you have artists who are still actively pursuing career, she has to decide: right. okay, am I going to spend time building this girl group, or am I going to spend right. time getting my career off and running? This is why I always tell people: you don't want to sign to other artists who are active. Most right. Of time, most of the time, they, you know, it's just not going to work out nine times out of ten because they're in the mode of I got, I still got to get mine. I still got to get mine. You know, so, so one of one right. of you needs if you're going to sign to a label or somebody's label, you got to ask yourself what are they going to do for me that I really can't do for myself. Right. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I just, but that's just people who want it so bad to be sure that they just. They gotta be with a label because there's some artists that only see success in one prism that they have to be on world tours and they have to win Grammys. That's the only right. thing for them that's ever gonna suffice. They, you know, they they don't see success in any other way. And people that's, like that, I just can't help. That's um, I think that's a real important point because you're very you're you're on point on that. People's in the music business, there's so many artists that just see success as a Grammy, a big world tour, and a record deal. Right. Like, that's not, that's hard to get tours. Right. right. Yeah, we can talk about <laughs> a that. tour? Yeah. You know how hard it is to get a tour? Because there's only so many, and again, depending on your genre. Yeah. Um, you know, there's only so many booking agents. There's only right. and, and they book the same people. So if you are Janet Jackson on this particular booking agency and anybody else on that on that roster, Janet gonna get all the looks. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, or a so it's it's not as easy as people think. People think this, I think because some of these artists like Meg the Stallions, Cardi B, yeah. they make it look easy. Cardi B was grinding for years. For years, right. Right. She making it look easy now because she she got on and she right. killing it. Right. I like Cardi B, but right. they wasn't you know down to the strip club with her at 18, 19, <laughs> 20, or when she was in the studio look, as a teenager. You look, know, I, I tell people that Cardi B, right? If you're looking at independent artists, right, and the, I, I teach this to artists: the three pillars of fan engagement, three things: consistency. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, authenticity consistency and sustainability. And Cardi B, whether you like her or not, she is a perfect case study for why that works. She's authentic as fuck. She doesn't care right. what you think about her. She, she And she's consistent. And she knows how to sustain it. She shows up every single day. You know, yeah. she, she she's figured it out. Like, like, and that's why she's broken all types of records. She ain't the best artist. Okay, she, she knows that. You know, I know uh, Leslie Brathwaite that makes all her records. You know what I mean? Leslie's the full cell guy. And Le Leslie always said she's one of the most humble people you'll ever meet. She's yep. extremely hardworking. So, so she's very, people might not like her public persona, her public image. Now, I will say the thing with the WAP record on the Grammys um, on, on, on primetime TV, I think that was a bit much by the Grammys, but you know, but that's a whole nother story. I think the Grammys are broken anyway, but but the Grammys it, are another it's all it's all smoke and mirrors. Exactly. Exactly. It's so political, so I, it's just ridiculous. Right. Right. So people so I think 
Cardi's on, and Cardi's only giving you what you want to see from her. Like she, I've heard her say she's like, "Look, um, I want to talk about other stuff, but all all, all y'all want to hear me talk about is my pussy. So if that's what you want to hear me talk about, that's what I'm gonna talk about." And she said right. that. I'm not saying anything she hasn't said out of her mouth. If they got right. this a podcast, we could be as vulgar as we want on this. Is you know I don't care. You know, she just said it. One hundred. <laughs> no, but she said that, and yeah. So the challenge for Cardi B, because I like Cardi B, I think she's funny. That's you know, right. I like following her on IG. She, I like, you know, I want her and Offset to stay together. They daughter cute. I just like them. I just right. like. Them. <laughs> right. Right. The challenge will be as she matures in this industry and ages, which I'm watching her moves. She making smart businesswoman moves. The right. Reebok deal, the shoes, the Barbie death. So the challenge is now. How does she, and I think she's, I think she may be able to pull it off, get older, transition music wise. Right. And, and, and keep her business going. Right. right. Perfect example, Beyonce. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Beyonce could drop an album next week and it's over. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Now, but the thing <laughs> with a Beyonce album dropping next week is girl, it's so much music out there. Yeah, drop something good. You're right. However, right. we know that if Beyonce drops an album, it's gonna be done. It's gonna be mixed, mastered. It's gonna be oh, all yeah, the it's done, right. eighteen songs. It's gonna be perfect because she's a perfectionist in many cases. Absolutely. But so that's gonna be Cardi B's challenge. It's like after a while, girl, we not we don't want to hear about your kitty cat. <laughs> See what I'm saying you a mom now. You right. got a husband. Right. Let's transition rap wise because right. as other girls that's coming up behind you talking that same stuff. So we yeah, and them and all these the other girls emulating you and like they want right. to talk about their little kitty cat or whatever. You exactly. know what I'm saying? I'm so she's you, look, gonna, this, this era of female, there's never been another era of female rap at the height at the heights of what it is right now. There's never been. You know, I, there's I a agree. Time, yeah, so there we, was a time where Nicki Minaj was the only one in town. Right. Nicki Minaj was winning every award. And she's the only only one that would be nominated in in female hip hop. She's the only one that would win. But now we have now we have so yeah, we a lot. Doja Cat. Cat. Oh my gosh. Um you got Doja Cat. You have uh I'm just trying to think of the, the main ones. Sweetie. Mulatto. Mulatto's hot like Mulatto's hot like fish grease right now. Um, Mulatto, you got Saweetie, you got Cash Dow, you got yeah. the um what's the little girls? This the little the little ladies, this, the group, city, city, oh, girl. city girls, right? With Young Miami and, and, and uh, and uh, you got them. You KT. got Cardi B. You got Meg the Stallion. Yeah. You got Nikki. She just had a baby, so she chilling. Yeah, Nikki. Right like, she's the old girl. She's the old chick now. She like, look, yeah, she chilling. I had my time. Baby. Her and Trina, and, and they chilling. Yeah, they just having fun now. Trina, Trina's in that age now where Trina's in probably with her mid forties now. Bit, she's probably I don't know how she probably at least mid forties. Trina been out since what ninety eight. Yeah, I mean she been she been in the she don't realize she's been around for a long time. She, you know, so she, she gotta be good too. Right yeah, so she just so you got you you're right. You got a lot of female artists, but that just shows you how times the times have changed. Right, and so you can't be afraid to just jump out there, put your music out there, take risk. Right, you, you can't, know you can't be afraid, and it's so true. You know, and, and I definitely want to get into your story here in a second, but. Um, just the, you know, and we're gonna talk, we're gonna touch on stuff with, with with Selena, but the fact of like there's so many things about her story that I didn't even know about. You know what I mean? And just her journey and like the things she had to deal with in the space of 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 having to first of all being signed to a label that really didn't know what the hell they was doing with her. You know, mm. and I, I, I the fact that they they felt like the oh, we gotta put an R. Kelly record out. Like, no, right. we don't. Every time we don't gotta keep doing this whole. That's the see. That's the thing with major record companies. Like they don't really know what they're doing. Truth, they really don't know. I'm honestly, they don't. They, they really have no clue what they're doing. They just throwing stuff up in the air. Okay, this worked this time. Oh, we'll see if it's gonna work again. They don't really have any clue. And so everybody's trying to go to these labels. They don't know. They don't. That's why you gotta get yourself hot. They can't get you hot no more. Right. Record companies now. All, all they know how to do is to put gasoline on what you already got going on. This is why right. now they are they are signing 
influencers and turning them into artists. That's a crazy to me. A whole doggone mess. They are signing influencers who have no business doing music and turning them in. That's how bad it is. That is how bad it is right now. That This is a real craft. I think about your sister and people like Marsha and Brody, people who have make real, make real music and this is a real craft. Your daddy's still Johnson. You know, his music's right. still getting sampled. Like these are, you come from a, a family of like real musicians, real artistry. And to see now what these major record companies are doing, it's like, and this is what people want to call to want to want to be around because they just think if I'm signed to a major, I made it. No, you haven't made shit. Exactly. To a major, except being yeah. in a, being in a real really fucked up deals when you don't understand the business of music. I always tell people there's three things: there's the music industry, and then there's the music business, and then there's the be then there's the business of music. Yeah, it's that's, three different it's three different things, and so many people are so caught up in, oh, I need, oh, I'm signed, I'm popping, what, what, you know, signed to be signed and sitting on a shelf, and it's just ridiculous. And you just think about people who who have been now. I'm sure people like your sister are probably thankful for sometimes the machine that allows you to build a brand that you can now. You know, peel off and go do independent stuff because people know who they are, know who she is. So you, it, it pivots and opens doors for other things, you know, and things yeah, like that, and that, that bringing revenue. But and that, and that, see, that's the, I guess that's the major plus side of being a part of a major label and conglomerate like that is if if you are able to build a brand, you can then you can then um, you can then flip that and do other things with it. But but yeah, I but think, when you. If you 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 and we're we're talking about Selena Johnson and Unsung. Mm-hmm. If you've watched the Unsung, I would encourage everybody, every independent artist, every new artist, to go back and watch Selena Johnson's Unsung. It gives you the playbook on what labels were doing mm-hmm. <laughs> back then, but they still doing the shit now. Right. Because but now it's even it's it's way more it's different. Worse. It's worse. It's well, they'll worse. sign you for one single deal. You don't pop off right away. Bye. Yes. And no, they like, wouldn't keep. Yes. They ain't gonna keep you for eight years. Like they kept her right. for eight years. You know, and spending up millions and millions and dollars of budgets. So now budgets are smaller. Right. Uh, Unsung gives you the blueprint. Yes. And it also shows you how you can get off of a major, go independent, get on some independent labels, do your thing, put independent projects out. Um, and also, how do you brand yourself? Whereas when Selena was doing talk shows and and fitness and health and wellness, you know, how do you keep thriving and surviving outside of being dropped from a label? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a part in the unsung where I say, you know, who gets dropped from their label and then gets to fly to Italy? Right, <laughs> you know I mean? right, that right, right. That, that ties into the thick skin you need that ties into the survivor mentality. Oh man. You know, and a lot of these artists, I think today, especially my young ones, I'm not going to even say the millennials. I think it's the Gen Zers, the ones after millennials. You know, you know, they just, the, the, you got to come out of the fantasy world and you have to think like a business person. You can no longer afford to be like, to just settle. Right. And, and that's why like my artist, Xavier Keys and I manage, um, he's figured it out, man. Like, like this man has a farm of eight thousand people. He's figured it out. I said, I told him the other day, nobody cares about your audience, your your core audience. They don't care about what your Spotify numbers look like and how many how many monthly listeners you got. They don't give a shit about none of that. You know, you know why people have to justify those numbers? Is because these made comes back to major record companies. They have to justify why am I going to cut the check for $5.2 million? The only way they can do that is because they have the data. Oh, they have, they have influence. Oh, people know who they are. So we're going to, we can go to our, 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 our head, our A&R guy, whoever it is, that's going to, going to, going to make the decision on who, who to check, who, where to cut the check at. Oh, well, okay, they have the numbers, so we can justify giving them five point two million. That's the only reason why those numbers matter. But your audience, they don't—they care about what problems are you solving for them. 
right? That's what they care about. Your core audience, they don't care. They are not looking up your 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 stats like that. So, okay, you know what? Their stats drop, so I'm gonna leave. They don't, you know what I mean? They don't care about these like that. And so many right. artists get caught up in those numbers because they're chasing the industry. To people, stop chasing the industry. Because what you're doing when you chase the industry, you're saying you're asking for permission. You're trying to say, okay, tell me I'm good enough. Tell me that based off your standard that I belong. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's 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 crazy. That's crazy that so many people are, are still chasing that approval from a red a record company. Again, now there was a time, like we said before, where you needed a record company. It was the only way to go. You could not do this without a record company. But you had to have a record label. But now you don't really need a record label. You're better off going to get an investor, a private investor that wants to park their money to something other than whatever else they're doing and work out something with them and not even be signed to a major. Like, because record labels, your record labels don't know how to build brands. They're not in the brand building business. They sell no. records. No. <laughs> you know? So yeah, that's yeah, that 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 um, the episode is definitely the blueprint of how to uh how to how to how to get the game. So I want to get to your story a little bit. Um so let's say you're from Harvey, Illinois. Am I right? Yes, I grew up in Harvey, Illinois, out suburb of Chicago. Right, right. So how has so you know you wear so many hats in this game from entertainment agent to professor, producer, brand strategist. You know, but how how has growing up in Harvey, growing up in close to Chicago, how all that shaped your mentality about life and how you approach? how you approach business and how you approach everything you're doing now. Did that have an effect on you growing up? Um, you mean how I grew up? Right. As far as like all the hats you wear now, being from where you're from, did it make a difference? Did you experience a lot of things that ultimately played a role in, into your success now or no? Yeah. Cause I, I got to see my dad be a musician, singer, um, I got to see him be an entrepreneur. I got to see my mother as the first black police commissioner. Mm. Um, I grew up in a suburb. I grew up around, you know, musicians at the house, jam sessions in the basement, mm -hmm. house parties in the basement. Music was a way of life. And then Selena, my sister, who I also managed, um, she was singing, doing plays. Um, so it did, it did affect me, you know, even though I went to school, got graduated economics degree, my bachelor's degree, went into the corporate world to do it. You know, I was doing investments and banking, and then I just got pulled into the music business. Awesome. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, you know, and most people, I would say this, most people, I mean, my degree is in entertainment business, right? But most people who get to this game never, don't ever really went to school for, music pastor, you kind of just get in and you could, it's school of hard knocks, man. It's a school of hard knocks. <laughs> you just yeah. figure it out as you go along, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you definitely yeah, figure it out as you go along. I'm self-taught a lot of stuff in the industry. Right. I taught myself a lot of stuff. I didn't have mentors. Wow, that's major. Because most people, usually I would always say try to find a trying to find a mentor, but the fact that you were able to, the fact that you were I able to get to, a mentor. I would get, I would get advice every once in a while from, right. um, you know, Blue, Michael Blue Williams. I don't know if you know him. Oh yeah, I know who he is. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's good. Um, yeah. Um, and some other people, Randall Grass over at Shanaki mentored me for a little bit. You know, he was very instrumental in helping me through some things. But I never had female black women in mentors, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> right, right. Definitely, definitely, for sure. So um, I want to talk about your, your uh, by you being an educator and like the fact that you've taught one of 5,000 students now. I know you do a lot of stuff in, in the corporate teaching space 
as well as like obviously you have a lot of students in the courses that that you have that do different teach by different things. So that five thousand is that actual from corporate teaching for the college, or is that just overall in general, just as far as like people that has taken your courses and things of that nature? I've taught in the college setting about close to ten thousand students. I've been okay. teaching for twenty years. Okay. Um, so we'll add the college setting plus me teaching webinars and master classes for the last ten plus years. So, you know, I, I can, I, I have a number of, I can put a number on it. Um, and it's roughly around 10,000. You know, it's crazy when I look back, because I teach at Monroe College, I also teach at Berkeley College. Um, and then, you know, I do my own web webinars and master classes. Yeah. I mean, I've I coached love that. I love anything you do. Literally thousands of people. You know, I've right. coached and trained thousands of people. And, you know, when I sat back and I was kind of rewriting my bio and looking at all the numbers, I was like, you know, when I looked at it, I'm like, man, I just made this of my millions of deals have come through my hands. And I just was like, wow, I got to start quantifying this. I got to start putting this stuff out there. You know, you're, you're amazing. I'm so, I, like, you are, so, I'm so blessed to know you. And I mean, I'm just thankful that we have a relationship because you, you honestly, you keep me encouraged quite a bit in the stuff that you do. And I, and like I said, um, my website, you you actually redid your website since well, I did mine, but my website, I modeled off of your original website. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, the one you, not the one you have now, the one before, okay. you rebranded again, but the uh, other one, but the other uh, the other website before the rebrand was really, I, I, I literally went to your website and I started like looking at it, literally modeled it. I built a skeleton I built the skeleton myself. Then I hired somebody to basically fix it up because <laughs> website web building is really, really tough and hard and time consuming. And I'm like, yeah, I need to just, I need just buy the money to pay somebody to, to, to fix this. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. And that's what I did. So definitely. Um, yeah. And you know, you, you, you teach a lot of, you, you, you know, you, you teach in a lot of areas that I think are important for a lot of people, like with a focus on, you know, management, leadership, change, global business, entrepreneurship, music management. You know, when I think about people of color, right, specifically Black people, like these topics are so important, right? So important because, you know, they're not being taught. People, people of color don't usually aren't being taught by other people of color and, and the perspective, how we go through life from the black perspective, you know, and don't get me wrong, we're not saying like other people, but because I'm, I'm a black man and, and Salisha's black, we're just going to speak from the black perspective for a minute, you know, and the fact that, the fact that you, that you're touching these different areas of expertise, I think is so important for our culture. So you don't see a lot of, thank you very really, much, of really doing that, right, you know, because I've always said, as people of color, we have to own something. We have to, we have, and we have to surround ourselves with our people. You know, our black, our black dollar only stays in our community. What is it for six hours? Mm. The black dollar. I've heard people say that. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm pretty right about that. You know, the black dollar only stays in our community for six hours. That means we don't trust our people. We don't trust our people enough. Did you go to people? You go to the Asian community or Hispanic community? Asian people, they their dollar stays twenty six days, twenty six days before they actually go outside of their of their own, and that, that that's telling when you really think about it, because we don't have enough people that we trust that look like us, and then when we do find people that look like us, what do they always want? They always want to hook up. They never want to pay the full price, and this is the problem. Black people don't want to do good business and don't want to do the right thing by our own people, and I have a major problem with that. Yeah, and that's, and that's why people. That's why people say the thing they say about our people, and it's just, it's just not right, you know. Because we, we, we actually hurt ourselves. You know, that's actually we have to blame ourselves for that because it's really our, it's really our own people that do that to ourselves. We just that's just, just self sabotage a lot of times, you know. And and I'm just glad that you are teaching in those different areas of, of 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 of, of you know management and especially entrepreneurship. You know, that's really the yes, I think that's important. Way, you know? right? And I think that's important because I think, you know, I 
had to strengthen my entrepreneurship skills um, as a um, a businesswoman, but also working in the music business when I realized that, oh, this industry is crazy. You got to have at least 10 income streams. Right. The music, are black R&B, R&B money get funny. You get funny. <laughs> talk, I mean, talk about that for a second, you know, of uh, what you mean by that specifically. I know what you mean, but for the people that's listening, like, what, what do you mean when you say it, it gets funny like that? Well, it's up and down. Like there's highs and lows. There's peaks and valleys. Um, there's moments where you're getting a bunch of show dates. Then there's times of the year where you're not getting any. Right. Um, it's a very small, it's a boutique genre. So opportunities um, are there, but these entities that, you know, are over these opportunities, they give them out to the same people. So right. you're going to see the same people on the award show, Soul Train, BT Awards, <laughs> right. same people on the cover Essence, same people over here, same people over there. And, you know, a lot of these gatekeepers are not thinking outside the box. So you, you have to be, you have to have more than one trick in your bag of tricks. Right. You can't be a one trick pony. Right. Um, and you have to have also at least five to 10 ways of making money, um, working as an entrepreneur in the entertainment and music business. And that's why I kind of, Selena and I got into the TV side of things. And right. I was going to mention that you've done a great yeah. job of actually illustrating everything you just said with, with yeah. Selena. She's, you, you, I've watched you guys pivot in so many different spaces, really out of, you really out of necessity. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you know, it, it's not because you just wanted to start, okay, we're just going to start hosting TV or doing health, you know, you kind of have to, you know, so, yeah, you, you literally have to. Yeah, this pandemic is really, this pandemic really, um, really put a, a, a monkey wrench into into the traditional income streams for entertainers across all genres, but especially um, black music. You know, there was a time where, 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 because a lot of these so-called, you know, not so-called, a lot of these artists. These black artists from back in the day, the reason why they have careers now that get still tours because you had black music departments. You see, that that used to be considered a bad thing because you know back then the black artists wanted to be pop. Like, well, no, why? Because the fact that you have a black music department is the reason why you could still work today. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, they wanted to be a lot of the, the the pop budgets, but again. You know, pop stands for popular music, so they're only going off whatever's currently hot. When the shift trend, when the shift, when the trend changes, it's on to the next person. When, when you had, when you had, when, when you had black music departments, you know, you had people who worked in those departments who understood our culture. Because everything about black people is culture. Culture matters. But you cannot market a, a white pop artist to black people. Like to, you know. Just, yeah, I mean, I yeah, so early early on in Selena's Jive Music Days, um, you know, they a lot of the urban departments had white folks in them. She had some black folks that were like her radio people, and right. but it had, it had a lot of white execs that didn't understand soul music or right. even a voice like hers, you right. know? Right. No, that's important because I think that, you know, now we don't really have, now we don't really have black music departments anymore, but but I think they played a role so much in, in some of these legacy acts and why they still can do what they do because, you know, that's why they have careers. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's really why they still have careers. You know, we as we saw with the Earth, Wind and & Fire and the Ozzy Brothers versus, I mean, I mean, think about those. Think about those songs. Those were legendary songs. So that was that's black music. There's no, there's no way around it. That's black music. And let's be real, Elvis Presley made a living off black. Okay. Black made a living off. You know what I mean? So, I, 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 I always preach this. You know, you go anywhere in the world, our our culture is significant in damn near every country in the world. And, yeah. And, and, yes. and, and there's and 
they, you don't have that with every with every with every genre or every culture. Like when you go to multiple places around the world, black black culture is very prevalent and relevant many places around the world. You know? Yes, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, you know, and I could say that being have gone to six countries in Europe. So when you when you are when you are a black woman uh, uh, in Europe, they treat you like a like a goddess over there. I've seen it. You know, that's why a lot of us black women when you, they treat you like a mate. Those um yeah. those those white European men they love black women, man. Yeah. Oh, they were exotic. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. They look. look. <laughs> yeah. It's it's. I mean, I was like, wow, this is amazing how they, how they treat you know how they treat us over in Europe. And anywhere outside of the U.S., right? Because over just, here they turn a black and a fool. Right, <laughs> right. You know, it's just it's just He's really, really... Sight. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, 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 that's that's so true because um, I, I try to tell people, man, especially artists I work with, when you're global, I mean, the opportunity is just way different, you know, but just absolutely different when you get a chance to actually go across the pond. See. So other parts of the world, and you realize, like, damn, I'm I'm really dope. Even if I don't have a, a charting single in the, in the Billboard charts, I go to other places and they love what I do. And I think that's so encouraging mm-hmm. for artists who are who are, who are struggling along, and, and sometimes like, okay, is this really going to work? And then you go to these other places, and you realize, wow, like what I do really resonates with people. They may not be able to speak the language, but but they know my song, they love my song. And it's just it just yeah. really keeps people encouraged, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what this is this is about. And you know, that's another you bring up a point about you know going outside the country. Mm-hmm. If and uh, if you if a person can, I recommend um, you know, artists going outside the country as much as possible. Right. They should. I agree with you. I agree with you because it definitely it it one the money can be a lot. Money can be really good overseas too. You know, in a in a, in a non COVID situation, right? Where we're talking about when COVID is not is not the main thing going on, or we're, we're back to whatever the new normal is going to be, right? The money can be really good when you go to other parts of the world. Yeah, you know. <laughs> So um, I also I want to talk about like the stuff you've been stuff you do as a brand strategist um, mm-hmm. is amazing. And you do some amazing things. The work you did with 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 Dr. Ivan, who is a um, world renowned uh, transformation transformation and wellness coach, and just I watched what you what you did with his brand and and, and how you've been able how you were able to do a book tour with him and. Different things. I mean, how do you how do you go about your approach when you when you talk about when you talk about building a personal professional brand? Like, like you don't got to give the secrets away. I don't just you know this is what you get paid to do. But I mean, um, like, what's your approach in, 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 when you talk about helping helping clients build brands in whatever industry that they're in? Well, I can't give my secrets away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do have a formula. Okay, I will say this. I have a formula. I have a belief system. um, And then I have a strategy. So all three of those are different, right? And I will apply them per person based on what they bring to the table. So with Dr. Ivan... You know, he's health, wellness, fitness. Um, my, I, I, I typically, just from a branding standpoint, I typically like to start off, I think I like to do an audit of people's social media. Yeah. Um, and then I typically start with their, um, their, what their vision is, what their mission is. Right. See what, you know, what they have in their brain. Right. And then I, um, I start to, I sit them down or on the phone and I 
I want I hear their story. Um, I'm big on brand story. I'm big on telling a story. I'm big on letting your brand, even if you're a person, communicate your story. Right. The the vision. Um, and and everybody that's worked with me will tell you, oh, Dr. Salisha want to know your story. Like, right. I don't care how fancy you think your product is, your service is. Let me hear about you. Right. It goes to what you're saying, uh, being authentic. I always right. talk about authenticity. The consumer, the customer can spot a fraud. Absolutely. So I start with the story. Dr. Ivan, I started, I said, you know, I said, what's your story? Right. I made him tell, you know, I made him tell me about his growing up, his own, you know, uncles that were on drugs and how that impacted him and how he got into health and wellness and, and, helping people deal with pain and not get hooked on prescription drugs. And then his heart attack and find out his wife was cheating. Like I wanted all of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because that yeah. now makes you vulnerable, visible and, and, and appealing to the consumer. So I, I typically start there. Same thing with Dr. Della Michael, same thing with Dr. Katina. And I, and I've been getting a lot of doctor or practitioner type clients because they um they really do want to take their brand to the next level and outside of their office. So, you know, that's kind of the where I kind of start, but then I get deeper into like the strategy. So, like I said, there's a formula. I apply the same formula, but then I their strategy um switches up. You know what I mean? So yeah, the formula. And the strategy kind of, the formula is the same, but then the strategy changes. As it should, um, right. Because everybody's different. Yeah, so you have to. Yeah, what I said, the third one. You know, yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to change the strategy because everybody's story is different, right? Right. So you can't, it's not a one size fits all thing, you know, when it comes to strategy. Sometimes you have to do different things based off that person's personality, you know, and, and different types of situations, you know. So I totally understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's what I was saying. What did I say? I said there was a form, the formula. You the said strategy. the formula, the formula is the same, but the strategy changes. And there's something else I said. I can't remember because I'm old. I said it was three things. So I forget. But, yeah, I'll have to play this back to hear <laughs> it's what I cool. said. It's cool. It's cool. Oh, damn. Um, you've written a, you a couple of books, right? Um. Well, but most recently, the resilience factor, you know, how to face adversity, trauma, tragedy like a superhero. Did I get that right? Yeah. How to face adversity, trauma, and tragedy like a superhero. superhero. Yeah. The right. resilience factor. I'm so happy for that book. Very proud of that book. Um, I wrote it, finished it in the pandemic, put it out. Um, and it's my story. I give tidbits, but it's also a teaching tool. Um, it's inspirational. I kind of share my story and how I overcame certain things in my life. Right, Being a right. breast cancer survivor, you know, that was important for me to share that story. And, um, you know, it's I, I encourage everybody to go get it. My first book was called Rhythm Without Blues, The Dichotomy of a Music Genre. Oh, yeah. It's interview based. I wrote it uh, based on R&B and the industry and mainstream music industry and how I felt R&B artists were treated. I felt like that this genre was split in two. It's like yeah. rhythm without the blues, you know, I so like no, no real blues, no soul, you know, so that was my first book. And um, so, yeah. No, that, no, that's amazing. Like I said, you, you have a great story and you're, tra you're extremely transparent about it. And I love that. I love that. Um, hey, you also done some amazing work with some of the different media TV companies, BT, Swire TV, TV One, Essence, ABC, so, so on and so forth. And then you now have started your own production. Yes, I'm very excited about my production company. I started it last year during the pandemic. Right. You know, we had a lot of time on our hands. I've worked on some amazing projects with Sheree Nicole, Media, Cherie, um, Selena Johnson, her company is SJ Entertainment, and my company is Dr. Salisha Productions. 
We worked on um, Selena's documentary called The Making of a Woman Together. Right. Uh, we worked right. on the concert, Making of a Woman concert for Fox Soul. Um, we just sold The Making of a Woman parts one, two, and three rights to Aspire. And, um, and so, you know, I did launched my own digital series called The Startup with Dr. Salisha. It's for entrepreneurs. That. Um, that was on Clio TV. I'm just trying to work on, you know, I got a whole project list of what I want to work on and what I want to do, but it's just, I just got to get focused and <laughs> it's so many different projects. It's like so much. I'm in the middle right now. We're editing the Fox Soul Mother's Day special. We produced that. I'm, I'm executive producer alongside Sheree Nicole, Q Parker from 112 and Selena Johnson. We all executive produced that. Nice. And um, that will air May 9th on Fox Soul and on Fox Affiliates. And so I'm just, I like working on programs and these specials and these one-offs and these one-hour specials. And also like my, you know, I want to build my digital um, platform with the startups and things of that nature. Um, and so there's, you know, there's a lot I want to do with Dr. Solution Productions. So I'm excited about it and um, putting together its five-year plan and, and hopefully become a multi-millionaire off of it. Okay. And I'm speaking that into existence for you. And I, I believe that that will okay. happen. I will let that will happen. Because I mean, one thing about you is when you put your mind to something, you you definitely uh, get it done. Oh, and, thank you. You know, and um, I love that. So, yeah, I mean, so, like I said, you're definitely taking every industry by storm. Like, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is that you do, you, you put your mind to it. You figure out how to get it, how to get it going. You're dedicated to doing the work. I think I always yes. tell people going back to music, right? You have to fall in love with the work. You know, the work is the work is the most important thing. There's too many people who want to achieve success in life and don't want to do the work to get there. Right. And yeah, the work, the work is important. I remember Timberland said something about um, much more than the successes. He falls in love with the work because the success is going to happen. Is the success is inevitable? If you fall in love with the work, and you know, and, and the work is what you're supposed to be doing, success is going to happen. But 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 so many people are entering into, you know. Um, either the music business or just entrepreneurship in general who just want success. Look, there's a really tough days in entrepreneurship. See, we're also in a, in a space now where, where where entrepreneurship is up and being sensationalized as we're like, oh, this is this is the hottest thing, but this isn't really your mental gotta be strong. Your mental your mental mm -hmm. gotta be really yeah. to to pursue building your own thing. Whatever, whatever business you're in, whatever you're doing, because there will be tough days. You know? Yes. <laughs> I, I've experienced them quite a bit, but but I'm so passionate. I've also learned how to say no to things that, yep. um, that don't. For instance, like, I'm always getting pitched these different MLM companies, and I always say no. Like, I, I've done that, you know? Yeah. And it's just not, if I'm not, if it doesn't drive me every single day, you gotta be passionate what, about it. I, yeah, I don't care what the uh, I don't care what the top earners doing. I don't none of that matters to me because too many people join these types of businesses and don't understand. The reason why those people are successful is because they have skill sets that other people don't have, and that's why. Yeah. Huh? I said yeah. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. You know, people get excited about you know. So now, especially now with the pandemic. You don't ever have to even go to these, go shop in a hotel room to, to listen to some of these presentations. You can go on Zoom. And people are so excited. Oh, you, you can you can join us and you can be come this. And I said the odds of that actually happening for most people are slim to none because a lot of them are willing to do the work that's required to achieve. It sounds good. Mm. Presentation. It sounds great. Everything sounds good. <laughs> But at the end of the day, when your sponsor or whoever it is in your upline brings you into the, their business, it's their, it's your job to build your business, not their job to build it for you. A lot of people, and another thing too, right? So like, lot of times when you join these companies, you have to bring somebody, somebody else, you have to bring somebody else to close the deal because a lot of times you're new to the business. You don't even really know what to say, what not to say, what the rebuttals are and things like that. I love the fact that what I do, I know what the rebuttals are. 
I call my own beats. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to bring, I know that when I get on the phone with somebody, nine times out of 10, they're going to want to work with me. I already know that I'm posturing, you know, I don't, you know, and, and a lot of my, and I think you got on me about this too. I, I do a free, I do a free 45 minute call with anybody who wants to work with me, right? I don't think it's free 45 minutes. Like, well, you should be charging $150 an hour for that. So I don't, because I'm trying to build a report. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm not necessarily because I don't. Yeah, mind. you don't. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you don't need to. Here's the thing your value and your worth is not determined in that first call. Right. Right. You, they, they need 15 calls to steal everything out of your brain. You see right. what I'm saying? Right. right so right, right. that first all being free that's fine like people get too caught up on money they do you know do. now do. i personally don't do i used to do those you know the first consultation is free um i don't do those anymore only because of the time and i teach so many classes and i just don't have the time it, no, it makes it no for you it makes it, it definitely makes sense but they they would need to sit with you know with us for like 10 sessions to really you know all so right. I'm glad you're not afraid to to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it, I, I my motto is there's no success without sacrifice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're sacrificing on the front end, and plus you're trying to build relationships. And I'll just say this: that's important. That's more important than money. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, and that that's why I've learned to say no to a lot of those other businesses because. Again, like I said, like, you know, if I'm not passionate about it, I just, I, I just, I have to say no. I don't care what the money structure is. I don't care what the product is. I don't care. If right. I'm not, you know, if I'm not passionate about it, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Like, I just can't. Yeah. Cool. This has been so, this has been fun. I have enjoyed our conversation. Uh, yes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> This has been so fun. So where, where can people find you? You know, uh, if anybody was interested in working with you, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you or, you know, get a hold of you? And, and I'm going to make sure I put the link to your website in the show notes and things of that nature so you can, um, people can contact you, um, at least get to your website, you know? Yeah, you can go to drsalisha.com. So that's dr. S-Y-L-E-E-C-I-A.com. Um, you can follow me on IG, which is at Salisha. Facebook is Dr. Salisha Thompson. Twitter is at Salisha. And um, yeah, that's where they can find me. They can go get my book on my website, drsalisha.com backslash shop. You can get a signed copy. I also have my bundle box, which is both books and my I Am The Brand mug. Um, that's on my website. And um, Amazon, you can go get my book, Kindle, you know, so. Wonderful, wonderful. Pete. You can find me everywhere. Go and support her book. She's an amazing person. And, and um, I'm just biased because I just love her so much. And, oh, thank and, you. You're just so sweet. And I'm really <laughs> excited for you. I'm, I like watching you move because, you, you know, you, you're doing your thing out here. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're keeping it honest. You're keeping it, you're keeping it. Yeah. I give it 100, man. And I tell people, 100, time, like, yeah. yeah, there's important. And, and I told some, I told them, like, they, you're not gonna find nobody like me in this business. You just won't. You know, yeah. uh, my my friend uh, Helene, she used to manage Alma Neal from Truth back in the days. So Twenty, this was 2010, and she, her and I worked together. She said, "Darrell, you are a special, special person. So people like you do not exist in this business." She told me anybody who works with you should consider themselves lucky and blessed. Because your heart for people that you have, it just doesn't, I just don't see it, you know, for most people. So I have the patience that I have. And I try to see the good in everybody, which in this business is really tough because this is a business without, without any integrity. If you yeah. no integrity, get out of the entertainment industry because there ain't no integrity in this business. And, and no, I try to operate, we try to operate with integrity everything that we do. But if you just look for people to be honest with you in this industry, um, now you might want to go do something else. Look, this ain't 
Look, Hartford, this is not for everybody. Just because you know how to sing, and I tell this rule, doesn't mean you should be making records. Like, it just doesn't mean it's just because you have it. To, if you just want to go sing and you just have a passion to sing, hey, you can go do corporate events and sing covers all day. You can go do that. You know, you can yeah. sing karaoke bars on Friday night at the, at the karaoke. There's, there's ways to go out and just sing and have a good time. If you want to make records and do original music and actually do this every single day as a career, you have to be built a certain type of way for this. There's no other way around it. Yeah. You, know, you just have to. There's just certain things you have, there's certain things you have to be willing to deal with. You know? And when you start getting involved, and I'll, and I'll end it with this, you know, when you start, if you want to be an active, active in the industry as a female, okay, as, as, a, as, a, as a female, there are certain Look, this is a really, really, really um, messed up space, and you will be sometimes asked to compromise some things that you believe in. I'm not saying this right. I'm just saying this is what happens. You know, when somebody has when somebody has power and relationships, they're going to use that to their advantage. So <laughs> you better understand that if you want to if you want to do this, you know, you you have to be able to. No off rip what you're willing to put up with, what you're not willing to put up with. Because you will get tried. They will try you. They will test you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And whatever vices you have, because we all have them, they will they will try to they will try to exploit those vices too. This is just if, if you're interested in being a part of the industry. If you just, if you're an artist who just wants to, like I said earlier, just wants to know how to be successful in music business, then you don't need the industry for that. You know your audience, you know how to serve right. your audience. You don't need the industry for any of the stuff we're talking about. But if you're somebody who maybe wants to just be a songwriter and get music placed on other artists and you're prevalent and be prevalent in the industry, then there are a lot of things that you're gonna have to deal with and that you're gonna have to come to a crossroads about what you're willing to do with what you're not. That's true. And on that, on that. Dr. Sleecha, it's been a great time. Like I said, thank you for being here on the Encourage and Inspire podcast. And this is your host, Jerome Peer. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace. Bye.